Welcome to the Michael Show on the Tuesday, October 4th edition. Brewers officially eliminated the uh, run of postseason years. Comes to an end last night. They fought back. Give them a lot of credit. They fought back in that game. They came back. They got the win. Uh, but ultimately, uh, the Philadelphia Phillies over the Houston Astros shut the door, and the Brewers are now eliminated. The last team to be eliminated via the possibility of postseason play, the Milwaukee Brewers, and they are going to be on the outside looking in and sitting home pretty much like everybody else. You've got St. Louis, the only team in the Central with 92 wins that has won the division and made it to the postseason. Brewers 85 and 75, 10 games over, not bad, but not where you need to be. When you consider the uh, Dodgers won so far 110 games, the Braves have won 100, and the Cardinals sitting at 92. Remember, it used to be about 90, 92 wins to win you the division, and the Brewers are going to fall short. Uh, but I was thinking about this last night as I as I was uh, watching the end of that game, and then I watched the Craig Council press conference. Ben, at the beginning of the season, and when we started talking about the Brewers and, you know, the first month of the season, and we we were watching, you know, certain games where it it wasn't great. You know, you'd lose a game or two here or there, you go back to that five to four loss against the Cubs, and you're like, ah, they should have had it. You know, they had opportunities against when they were in, a, in Baltimore. You know, and Hauser took that loss. They got beat two to nothing. Had runners in scoring position numerous times. Couldn't get them in. You know, you look at that four to two loss against Philadelphia. By the way, in Philly. You know, Ashby takes the loss in that one, and, and they had numerous opportunities. Um, there, there was just that three to two game when they were in Atlanta. Corbin Burns pitched his ass off, and and offensively they sucked. And at the beginning of the season, people go, "Ah, it's early. Don't worry about it. It's one game." They lost that game in San Diego, three to two. They should have won that damn thing, and they didn't win that game. And I kept saying, "That's the difference between finding yourself in the postseason and not." Do we? Do you remember this discussion at all? Yeah, it happened through the first couple months of the season. And, I do. And people get honest and say, ah, it's early. And I say, these are the games that if you win one or two or three, you're in the postseason versus not. Don't ever tell me one game doesn't matter. Uh, you, when you get your ass throttled and it's a, it's a 10, 10 to 1 or 12 to 2, you know, just beat down, sometimes those happen. I get it. Because you, you're the benefactor of those every now and then. But those games that you let slip away – Man, that that's when you, you know, Ned Yost used to drive me nuts. Ah, it's early. It's early. It's a marathon. Don't worry about it. It's one game. And I would pull my hair out. How can you say that? And now you're sitting here two games out. Two games. Two. Two. Two hits. Three hits with runners in scoring position. And you're, and you're in the postseason. And look at where you are today. You're going to be sitting at home, feet up watching everybody else chase the championship, and you're trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Um, yeah, Brett says the game that Yelich dropped the ball against the Cubs. I mean, we can go back and think of all these 
these calamity of, of things, more so than anything, not hitting with runners in scoring position, not being able to advance a runner, not being able to drive in a run. You got two on, two in, in scoring position, nobody out. You can't get a run in. Just horrifically bad baseball. Ah, it's early. Don't worry about it. It's one game. It's a marathon. Okay. Now look at you. So uh, the offseason is going to begin early for the Brewers, who have become somewhat accustomed to playing in the postseason. And now the the new beginning. What's going to happen? Is David Stearns going to be returning? Is Craig Council going to be returning? Is certain players, are certain players going to be returning? What is the roster going to look like? There's got to be some turnover. Got to be some turnover. Um, Michael says, can't argue with, can't argue with that argument. I said that on Facebook early in the season and was lambasted. Michael, I agree. And there's a lot of people that want to be the, you know, finger pointer. It's like, you know, when the Packers win and I point out some problems. That's fine. If, if you want to jump on that, just enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself. That's fine. But if you're acting like there aren't any issues, then you're blind. And then you get pissed off because we point out the problems. And you, well, can't we enjoy the win? Yeah, you can enjoy the win. I'm enjoying the win. Hell, that team's going to find its way into the postseason. But if you thought right here, right now, today, if I asked you to put a $100 bet that this team's going to go to a Super Bowl, I don't think any of you would take it. Because you see the same problems. You just want to bask in the wins. And I don't care. It, winning's been great. But it's time to move on, man. It's it's time to do more. And the Brewers instead took that step back. They went on the cheap. They 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 didn't they didn't do it right. They got rid of a, a, a guy, a, a clubhouse. They didn't realize the effect some of these things would have. Now, I don't know the workings of day-to-day. That's for people that are there on the daily. But uh, I know what I saw. And I know what you are since. And, and it's not good. It was bad baseball. A lot of errors. Uh, a, a comedy of bad moves. Guys that were relied upon failed. And the whole thing just went down the crapper. And little words here and there leaked out that guys weren't happy. And they looked at the front office to say, you didn't believe in us. You lied to us. So now they've got that to deal with. 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, you can do so. Um, you can find us over on Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels. Uh, over on the Facebook fan page, you can watch the show. You can read, respond, all that kind of good stuff. Facebook.com slash The Bill Michaels Show. YouTube continues to grow. We appreciate that. Go to YouTube.com. You can subscribe there simply under The Bill Michaels Show. Uh, or under, I'm sorry, uh, just Bill Michaels Show. Same thing over on Twitch TV. You can email the program, thebillmichaels at gmail.com, and find everything over on the website, all the podcasts, Apple, Spotify, uh, Google, all of that. You can find us there as well. So good stuff. Uh, this is from Wayward Willie, who says, It's time for council to go. This team looks lethargic, and it comes from the manager. He always looks as if he's too tired to even walk out of the dugout and looks like he's bored with all of this. It was great that a young guy wanted to bring a championship back to his hometown, but I think it's time to move on. Um, okay, my next question is, if you do, who are you getting? Who do you get? Who are you getting? Is there somebody you have in mind? Or you you, you got somebody else, uh, you know, lined up, or are you just firing to fire? Urban Meyer. <laughs> 
And by the way, let me say this on the record. I don't think Craig Council's going anywhere. And I, I think Craig, for what he's been able to do, I think he deserves to be a part of the the retooling, if you will, and get a crack at it. Talk about a guy that really wants to win for the city of Milwaukee in the state of Wisconsin. That's Council. He really, really does. 877-867-1670. Ben, would you let Craig Council go? Ooh, honestly, no. I don't think the collapse this season is all on him. I think he was dealt kind of a fair deck of cards, kind of like how Jim Leonard is stepping into this season kind of with an inept offense that he has to fix. When I look at why this team missed the playoffs, they blew 15 saves down the stretch of the season. I can't say Council's bullpen moves worked because they clearly didn't with all the new pieces he had, but nobody in the pen was pitching well. So I don't know how much I can really look to him Did he bring all the energy needed to get past the hater trade? Probably not. That's also not really his personality from an outsider perspective, but I don't, I don't think it's on him. I think it's more of an upper management look themselves in the mirror and think more about how to craft a better team. I, I think uh, the bottom line is I think the hater trade affected that clubhouse. I think it was deflating. I think it was a, a bad move. Um, they took a shot. It failed. It backfired. Uh, I think Craig Council did what he could with what he was given. I think he is one of the better statistical analytical managers in baseball. Um, and it goes to show when you get the right talent, you know, because some people are saying you got to go young, you got to make sure. Well, Dusty Baker's an old guy and he's winning in Houston. So I, I, I honestly, in Major League Baseball, uh, as much as you want to hire and fire hitting coaches and managers and such, it really does come down to the talent that's put together on the field. The collective talent, the collective attitude of the clubhouse, which can have a, a, a trickle-down effect from its manager, but it's the talent on the field. Lorenzo Cain underperformed. You know, you, you had Colton Wong who had a subpar season. Rowdy Telez, as many home runs as he hit, he was an all-or-nothing guy. His average is not even above 220. His OPS should be higher with the number of home runs and, uh, and RBIs that he has, but it's not. You know, the on-base percentage, low. Um, you know, Christian Yelich, it goes without saying. You know, there were just some some things that just never materialized this year. And it just, it it you know, after the hater trade, it just started to sink. I think they have to bolster the bullpen. I think they need another starter. I think they have to go out and find themselves a real legitimate closer. And you left yourself a hole now because you got rid of Hader. So now you need a closer, whether that's going to be Devin Williams and and really embrace the role coming into next season. Or again, see, this is the thing, and I've always said it. Everybody said, well, get rid of Hader, get rid of Hader. It's no big deal. It's a big deal because when you have a closer, you cherish it. Oh, my God, you love that closer. But when you don't have one, well, it's no big deal. It's closer by committee. We're going to go with a hot hand, and you're going to hear all the cliches. All the cliches. You know why? Because you don't have one. Gerard says, being a St. Louis Cardinals manager, I would love for the Brewers to fire their manager. He's the best manager in the division, period. Even though Marmol is uh, coming on in his first year, you have to spend the money to really compete. Gerard, 100% agree. That's the other thing. Uh, I think if you fire council tomorrow, if council wants a job elsewhere, I think in about three days he would have it. 
because he is so good compared to the craptastic managers you have out there, I think in about three to four days he'd have a new job. He could go to Chicago. He could go to Pittsburgh. He could go to Cincinnati right damn now. He would go to the Angels, Texas. I mean, he can go anywhere. You think about all the struggling teams right now that have had mismanaged and poor pitching staffs. That'd be the first thing they'd do. 877-867-1670 if you want to hit us up too. Uh, For those that are just joining us on the network, and many of you are, I had said uh, this is the time of year, spooky month, in which weird things we discuss. Uh, And we kind of save it usually during the Halloween phase, but something happened last night that I got to tell you. And made the the hair on my neck kind of stand up. So that's coming up this hour. I promise I'll get into that. But that is coming up this hour. Um, Rick says, would counsel one out? I don't think so. I think Craig's been pretty, I mean, unless he's just beat down. But I don't think so. I think you, you go away, you rejuvenate, you get the batteries charged up again, uh, and you come back. He's still young. I mean, I, I, I don't think, it, you know. Unless he's dis- – put it this way, if counsel wanted out, I would say – and I don't, he'd never come out and say why. I don't think to, directly unless he just said, you know what, I'm chucking it all to hell with it. But unless maybe the ownership and or front office situation let him down and he vehemently behind closed doors disagreed with the hater trade and what was going on and saying we need money, we need to spend some money, we got to get better players, blah, blah, blah. Um, other than that, I can't see him saying, no, I'm, I'm tired. I need out. Now he's been a player for a long time, but this is all, you know, man, baseball. I mean, even when he wasn't a player anymore, he was still working with the team. He was still going to Arizona for spring training. He was still here in, in Milwaukee, still working with Doug Melvin, you know, but I, my question is if nothing changes, and you keep and you change a manager. Do you think it's going to be better? Is the outcome going to be different? I don't think so. Marv says I like Craig Council, but sometimes he gets too analytical. Almost feels like uh, that can get in his own way. Sometimes I agree with that, but think about how many times that he has made a move in in the last four or five years. That we don't talk about that because those aren't the obvious ones. But when you go out and get a pitcher and make a move and say, "Hey, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull this guy. I know his pitch count's low, but I'm gonna pull this guy. We got to get these next three outs. Bam, bam, bam. They get the next three outs. They go on to get a win. That's a really good move. That's a really good move. It paid off. We don't talk about that though. We only talk about going out and getting a guy who's you know, thrown 13 strikeouts, gone through seven innings, has only thrown 89 pitches, and we go nuts. And then if they lose the game, it's even worse. So we'll talk about that, but we don't talk about all the moves that have worked. And being 10 games over 500, there's more moves that have worked than haven't. You know? And that's been his record pretty much since he's gotten here. He's had better moves than he hasn't. So... You you got to take big picture. You can't just take this season. If he lost the the clubhouse this season, 
and they weren't playing hard and they were just kind of really looking ugly consistently, I'd say, you know what? Yeah, it's time to make a move. This team came back and fought their ass off last night to win that game. I don't think that's losing a clubhouse. I don't think that's losing the fight. They've done some stupid things and look bad at times, but I don't think that's losing a clubhouse. So to answer your question, no. I don't think Craig Council steps down. I don't think he gets fired. I think they have some David Stearns and Matt Arnold and Mark Antanasio have some work to do, and that is fortify this team with better players, and I think that's simply it. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at the Water Doctors, H2, the letter O, doctors.com, Connecticut Water Softening System, not just here in my area, but all throughout the state of Wisconsin. It is the best. If you've never used it, you never tried it, you never had it, you never drank water out of the reverse osmosis, I'm telling you, try it. Try it. It is the best. Um, all throughout this summer, I've had friends stay at my house. And they hear, they listen, and they're like, let's see that shower head. No composite residue on the shower heads. When they come to the house and they stay, they take a shower in the morning, all the shower heads perfect. They all got cleaned even after I moved into this house and put the Kinetico system in because the water, it deteriorates all of that. That's how good this Kinetico system is. And I was one friend of mine drinks nothing but bottled water. So I would always get a bottle of water, and I'd fill it up in the reverse osmosis, and then I'd go, here you go, and I'd crack that top, you know, acting like I was opening it, and here you go. After about three or four bottles, I'd say, none of that's bottled water. It's all out of my, my reverse osmosis. Really? You know, I'm just messing with him, but it's the truth. And uh, he became a believer. He ended up buying the system. So I'm telling you, it's the best water softening system that's out there. That's the water doctors. Go to H2, the letter O, doctors.com. H2, the letter O, doctors.com. Or call John and his staff directly. John Atley is the owner. 262-549-7733. All over the state of Wisconsin. 262-549-7733. More of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. on board hey our friends at burn pit barbecue burn pit bbq.com that is burn pit bbq.com really good uh, bbq sauces really good barbecue sauces whether it's sweet and honey hot spicy all kinds of different barbecue sauces they have they're winning awards with it and they are veteran owned they're right here only two years in existence and they're fantastic guys they continue to grow really caught caught on not only in the state of wisconsin but beyond uh, the upper Midwest as well, and features as one of the uh, the better veteran-owned companies. A couple of guys started it in their garage, and it's really grown. Go to burnpitbbq.com. They have hot sauces now and rubs, and follow them on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. They do videos and such all the time. Good guys over there. That's burnpitbbq.com. That is burnpitbbq.com. Let's get to the phone calls, talk a uh, little bit. We'll get into some, uh, some Packer stuff coming up, without a doubt, but uh, we got some brewers that we're catching up with because Brewers officially eliminated from postseason play last night. Let's go to Brad listening to us in Eau Claire. Brad, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Hey, pretty good. Uh, yeah, I can't agree with you more about Collins. I think he's a good coach. He's doing the best he can with a bunch of just guys. 
Um, it's that front office, in my opinion. You know, they've had four opportunities, and it's called the beginning of the 2021 season, the break, and at the beginning of 22, and the break to add bats. And, you know, when your whole team is batting 250 and under, you know, you need, and I understand the hit home right. runs, but we just proved, we proved hitting home runs is not enough. You have to have Correct. average also. And they did nothing over four, over four opportunities, two years, to add bats when you had some of the best pitching. I mean, last year and this year, both of them were outstanding pitching. And they what they picked up that kid from the uh, White Sox last year at the break, which panned out not at all. So I'm I've completely lost faith in Stearns, and I don't say, and I think that Anastasio has lost the whole clubhouse because when he told everybody he's just basically going for uh, <laughs> for another shot every year. Well, yeah, I don't want to be part of his business plan. I'm a fan, and I want an owner of a team that's a fan. I'm not, not. I don't want to be part of a business plan. So right. I, I, I go to five, six games. You know, drive four hours each way to do it, and I'm not. I'm not doing it anymore if they don't uh, try to treat us like we're important and the team's important. Right. No, I, I completely understand it. I and I, I look at the message that came from Mark Atanasio regarding the the trade. And he kind of threw David Stearns under the bus, in my opinion. Sure did. And yep. Stearns, Stearns may have tried to get a bat. I know they talked about, you know, Juan Soto and all that kind of stuff, and I don't think they were really ever legitimately in on any of that. Um, so, I, I mean, I don't know. There was a lot of different bats that were out there that they were tied to, and none of it materialized. And whether it's because they have a depleted farm system or they just didn't want to go and spend additional money, but instead of going for it, they got rid of. And you're never going to convince me differently. They got rid of uh, a quality guy in in Josh Hader. Now, I I think Josh Hader completely came off the rails because of the trade, not you know because they saw something before. So I, right. I don't I don't know. I, I just I just know that I've, you can't keep looking us in the eye and say, "Hey, we're yeah." I can't. You can't look your fans in the eye and say, "We're going for it. We're going. We our goal is to win a championship. This is great," and then go backwards. You can't do that. And just like we talked about yesterday with Chris McIntosh and company at the, with the Badgers, you can't tell everybody, and he said it, our, we are about winning championships. Okay, so put your money where your mouth is. You up recruiting. You up that department. You up certain things. You up the pay for, for different staffers. You, you do what it takes. You don't do the same old, same old, because you're not winning championships. You may be as an overall department in volleyball and women's hockey and certain things, sure. But you're not doing it with a football program, so don't look at us and tell us you're about winning championships if you're not going to bolster that area, which is your cash cow to begin with. So that's the thing you look at Mark Antanasio and say, okay, what are you doing? Is it a business plan or a baseball team? Granted, they have to go hand in hand, but your your business has to be based off your baseball, not your baseball off your business. Yeah, cause, and I can't believe how bad he screwed up when he told everybody. Like you said, he threw on um, turns under the bus. He just told all the fans that he doesn't care. And that I think he, he immediately lost the whole clubhouse, and it showed. We went on just a terrible streak, and yeah. the guys are still professional. They, they fought back. They tried. But when you, all you have is guys batting 250, and those are the good ones, what are you going to do? Right. Yep. Uh, I 100% agree. 100% agree. Appreciate the phone call, man. He drops, drops off. You get on board. Let's go to uh, Dave listening to us in Caledonia. Dave, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Hello. You know, I got a, I got a couple of things where I got to answer your question about uh, council, and I also have a theory about what's going to happen with Stern. So I'll give you your answer here first. Yeah, go ahead. Um, you know, 
first of all, you know, Jimmy Carter was a nice guy. Very nice guy. He was a horrible president. Craig Collins, the same thing. I think he's a nice guy. He's a player's coach. But at the end of the day, with with the changes in baseball coming next year, uh, going away from analytics, with the, with the uh, the shifting off, for example, you need someone that's more old school. And I could see them bringing back maybe a little bit of history and might keep some uh, butts in the seats by having Yount and Mahler come back and coach the team. Yount's got some coaching experience. He worked in their minor leagues in Arizona, for example. So I could see that being a real possibility. Plus the fact that, I mean, he was always one that would scrap out a run here and there, bunting or whatever to get a run. I mm-hmm. think they need that type of enthusiasm back in, in the clubhouse because they don't have a strong enough hitting, and I don't see that happening next year. I I know Robin doesn't want to be a manager. That I do know. Uh, Molitor was okay. a manager and had some success, but he's but, yep. but Robin Yao not coming back. He doesn't want to manage a team. He's already stated that. He did a, a little stint as a coach, and just he just finally said that it was the travel, it was the time. He just didn't want to do it anymore. Okay. Well, here's my thing about Stearns. I, I, I realistically think that Stearns is leaving this year. He's probably going to go to New York. And there's a possibility, and, I, and if this happens, I want you to have me on your show. I think that they're going to have uh, work out some kind of thing where Yelich is going to end up with New York. New York Mets have a, can afford his salary, and I can see some kind of a sweetheart deal have between the Brewers and the Mets uh, as a goodbye present for, for Stearns leaving, and somehow uh, Yelich going to the Mets with Stearns. What do you think? Uh, where would now? Now I'm just asking hypothetically. Where would you put Yelich in that plan? In in that in in that in that lineup with what the Mets have. Well, I, I, there's a couple of their, their guys that are starting to you know they've reached the end of their contract, for example, and might become free agents. Um, okay. I don't know their whole team per se, but Yelich is locked up a lot, lot long term than some of those guys that are with the Mets, and this might be, it might turn into a three way thing if Yelich goes to the Mets. There might be someone that the Mets want to give up to get us someone strong to become a World Series contender next year. So it could be, it could be a three way trade, for example, with Yelich getting involved. Yeah, um, appreciate the phone call. Let's do this. Let's take a look at this real quick. I, I first of all, I, to answer your question, no, I don't think that happens. But just for s's and giggles, um, I'm happy to to look at it. Now you got uh, Starling Marte who has had some issues, so he, he's uh, kind of a moot point, and they're going to hang on to him for a long period of time. Kana, um, he is there for the next couple of years as their left fielder. Uh, making twelve million a year. Um, well, Trevor May is a uh, no, no, no. Mark Mark says Trevor May. What about getting Trevor May? No, I no. They're not trading him for Trevor May. Why would you Why would you get rid of Trevor May and then take for seven and a half million dollars, and yet you're going to take on twenty six million? That doesn't make a lot of sense. I guess. Trade him for Buck Showalter. There's your manager fix. Right? Yeah. That ain't happening. Um, <laughs> and I just, I, I, yeah, I don't think that's happening. Um, I'm with you. I don't think as much needs to change as people think. They just have to prioritize winning next season. Yeah. And actually I, do I, things this offseason to improve the team. I think that this, now, I will say this. If you're going to trade away Christian Yelich, don't del- be delusional because you're not going to get a boatload in return. As a matter of fact, you're going to have to pay a team to take them. So this whole thought that, you know, oh, man, trade them away and get two or three, you know, good pitchers. You, why? You, you, it's not, he's not hitting 326 and 40 home runs. 
you're not going to get anything for them. So that's out. And you're still going to have to pay that salary. You still got part of that salary. You're going to have to, you're not going to find a, a team like the Mets to go, sure, $26 million for a 250 hitter that gives us less than 15 home runs a year. Yeah, you bet. That's not going to happen. So they're going to say, yeah, we'll take them off your hands, but you're paying 15 to $20 million of that contract. We're not. So you save yourself, but they, they're, you know, they, they don't want to pay that. So it's it's easy to say, you know, you, you need to get rid of them, you need to trade them, we need better players, but it's you got to find two to tango. So you got to find another team that really wants to dance with you and then what do you have to offer? And at this point you teams know you're you're behind the eight ball. You don't have that plethora of talent like you had in the past. You only got so much and you're going to have to you're going to have to find a team that's got a couple of players that are costing them, they're maybe going through a rebuild and they want some prospects and maybe one of your longer contracts, you know, one, one of the contracts that's more controllable. And that's it. But you're you're not you're not making a trade for Christian Yelich. I, I just don't think that's going to happen. All right, let's do this. When we come back, uh, I, I tell you, it was weird. Um, if you're listening in the first hour, I was alluding to this. I Look, I believe in some spooky stuff, you know, but this happened last night, and the whole scenario played out this morning, and it was like, damn. I can explain it, but then again, I can't. You'll find out what it is. It's just hang in there because it's just weird. Coming up next on the Bill Michael Show. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Tom Brady and Giselle Bunchen uh, have hired divorce attorneys, according to the New York Post, um, trying to salvage certain things regarding the marriage. That was part of the reason Tom, I guess, uh, took off for that extended period of time. They seem to be heading for a divorce. Uh, both have now retained divorce attorneys. Um, as previously revealed, the couple has been living separately the last couple of months following the, in, in, a, quote, an epic fight. And now they're looking at dividing up their multi-million dollar empire. I never actually thought uh, this argument would be the end of them, but it looks like it is, one source says, close to them. Uh, I don't think there's going to be any coming back now. They both have lawyers. They're looking at what the split will entail, who gets what, and what the finances will be. Reps for Tom Brady and um, Boonchin did not respond to the requests for the news, but do they have three kids? And uh, it looks like that's it. Looks like Tom Brady is. Uh, so you can kind of understand when he took some time off, maybe, you know, that was it. And I don't know if it was maybe because he wanted to go back and play football or what it was. But nevertheless, it looks like they're headed now for a divorce. So there you go. Rob Reichel, by the way, <clears throat> coming up after the top of the hour, we're going to talk with Rob about this Packers team plus our NFL power rankings uh, we're going to reveal them at the bottom of the next hour. So uh, I had talked a little bit about this in the first hour, and I wanted to wait till we got all of our uh, affiliates on the air with us. So I had told the story before uh, about, you know, years ago we had a big snow. 
uh, a neighbor who was kind of pesky walked in front of our bay window back when I was married to my um, wife, Judy, years and years ago. And uh, we both saw him pass. And then, you know, eventually I ended up going to the front window and there weren't any footprints in the snow. And that's a true story. And the God, I mean, both you know Judy and I can confirm that. Uh, but speaking of Judy, so this morning or last night, last night I'm in bed. I was watching the games and there was a, a couple years ago. I, I had gone to the uh, back when I was married to Judy, her and I went to Sturgis for the 65th anniversary of the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally. And at the time, we had an RV that was given to us by a friend, and it was huge. It was a really big RV and big tank, and we had some friends that wanted to go, and they said, look, we'd love to split the gas money with you. And, you know, it was pretty significant. So we said, okay, sure, no problem. So we took this couple with us, and you really get to know some people, you know, when you're kind of, quote, living together. So they were a little bit eccentric, a little, little off, you know, uh, a little weird. And uh, we had a fun time. Don't get me wrong. We had a good trip. But it was just, you know, end of the trip, it was you looked at them a little bit differently. You know, so we didn't really hang out with them much anymore. So that was 15 years ago, I want to say, something like that. I have not heard from them in 15 years. Okay? So let me preface this. I've not heard from this couple in 15 years. Since then, I've been divorced from Judy. Uh, I got married. I got divorced again. Um, Kristen and I are together now going on two and a half, three years. <clears throat> so, you know, two and a half uh, right now. Um, but it'll be three re- years in February. But it's it's been a while is what I'm saying. So last night, Benny, follow me so far. Yep, I'm with you. you got to be intrigued by this, all right? And this is true story. So last night, I, I'm laying in bed, and I'm getting some work done. I was doing some reading, and um, I rolled over to go to sleep. And my phone rings. And, I mean, I, you know, because Kristen goes, uh, you know, to her house during the week, and she's got her, her kids, and then we see them on the weekend, every other weekend, and all that kind of stuff. But she's at, she's at home, and she's got work to do, and she's going to be traveling for her work and such. And so she's at home. So I popped out of bed, uh, you know, I shouldn't say out of bed, but I popped up, and I'm like, oh, my God, you know, who's calling me, you know, this late? Because for my friends on the East Coast, it's an hour later, so it's 11.30 over there, 12.30 at their place. So I look, and it's it's Mark, this guy named Mark from this couple. And I'm like, God, what does he want? You know, and I'm thinking, ah, should I answer it? And then I thought, nah, you know what, uh, I'll, I'll see what voicemail. I, I'm thinking maybe it's a butt dial, because I haven't talked to the, them in 15 years. I'm thinking it's a butt dial, right? <clears throat> so I get up this morning. And I looked, and I don't see a text message, and I but I see a voicemail. And normally, my phone converts to to text messages for voicemail. And I look at it, and it says un um, untranscribable or whatever it is, whatever the word is. But it couldn't make it out, so I push the button and I listen to it. And it's like, you know, hey, it's Mark. Give me a call. So I'm like, okay, I haven't talked to Mark in a while, but I think this is a little weird. Now. I want to preface this by saying my my ex-wife Judy and I and Kristen, we're all really still good friends. When Mickey and Elmo were alive, Judy stayed here at the house and watched Mickey and Elmo and I'll watch her cats and such, you know, so it's it's still a really good relationship. And plus, Judy and I share our son, uh, who is, um, you know, the police officer. So I I thought, well, 
I'll check. Maybe there's something going on that I need to know about for getting a call like this. And so I texted Judy this morning. I said, hey, you know, remember Mark and, you know, I don't want to say his wife's name because it's kind of giving it away, but you remember them. And I said, have you heard from them lately? And she texted me back. She said, oh, my God, no. She goes, it's weird, though. I was just thinking about them the other day. I said, okay. Well, I said, he called me last night, and I heard his voice, uh, left a voicemail, and he said, hey, it's Mark. Give me a call. And she goes, well, let me know what they say. And so I kind of forgot about it, you know, this morning because I ended up doing some stuff with Ernie. And my phone rings. And as I'm doing, uh, uh, talking to Ernie from WVIQ in Viroqua, I, I see that it's it's Judy. And I said, hey, I'm doing an interview right now. I'll call you back. She said, read your text message. So I get off the air with our Ernie. I'm prepping for the show. I read my text message. And she says, you got to look at face. It, it says it emphatically, all in capital letters. you got to look at Facebook Messenger right now. I don't want to freak you out. But dot, dot, dot. I go there. Ben, he died in July of this year. Oh, God. It's the guy's voice. He died in July of this year. And my phone rang last night and said, hey, it's Mark. Give me a call back. Now, the only thing I can think of is, is a couple of things here. One is his number's been given to somebody else. And coincidentally, the person whose number it is is Mark. Two, he doesn't have a Mark Jr. that I know of. So maybe there were some people that were in his phone that they were going through to that they haven't heard from in a while to either say, hey, you know, we want to let you know Mark passed or we're just trying to reconnect or say hello. But the guy called me and left a voicemail and says, and I remember what his voice sounded like. It kind it kind of sounds like him. It's kind of hey, how are you doing? You know this 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 weirdish voice. It says hey, it's Mark. Give me a call. My thought was when I heard it was it's got to be a butt dial because I haven't talked to the guy in fifteen years. You would normally call up and go hey, it's Mark. Remember me? You know my wife such and such. You know we hung out with you guys. Blah blah blah. You know, just, hey, we wanted to reconnect, give you a call. It would have been that kind of a detailed message. So for him to say, hey, it's Mark, give me a call, is was weird to me. It didn't logically make sense. But last night at, uh, looking at it here, hang on a second. Last night at 1140 is when my phone rang and it was him calling me. And so I went to the to the uh, instant messenger that uh, my ex had sent me, and it is the obituary for Mark, who died on July 18th of this year. And his kids are uh, none of them named Mark. Well, so you tell me how weird that is. It is. I mean, out of the blue. And then, you know, you know, like I said, when I contacted Judy, she said, you know, it was just I was just thinking of them the other day. I'm sorry to hear that he passed away. Well, I mean, I wasn't that great of a friend. I mean, so it wasn't like it was like, oh, my God, but it would have. And he wasn't in the best of health anyway. And that was 15 years ago. So it's not like it's unexpected. Like he's a 54 year old year old guy. His wife was our age. He was probably 20 years older, so that would probably make him 75-ish, 
So, okay, I can kind of understand it. And he wasn't in great health. But tell me that's not a weird way to start your day. That is. I'm still trying to wrap my head around how it's possible. But right? I'll let you that, deal with that. Exactly. I'm, I'm kind of like, okay, I've gone through the scenarios where it was a another number given to another guy who coincidentally is named Mark. But why would you call my number and say, hey, it's Mark, give me a call back? Weird as hell. Weird as hell. But that's the way I started my day. Weird as hell. Uh, we're going to come back. We're going to take a quick break. Come back. You tell me. That's, that's you know, if that doesn't start your day out with some freaking issue, I don't know what does. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. Week 5 and the Green Bay Packers getting ready for their first trip to London this week. They'll face the New York Giants, who are also 3-1 and one after beating the Chicago Bears. But the Giants are banged up. Quarterback Daniel Jones suffered a sprained ankle. Backup Tyrod Taylor taken out with a concussion. Giants head coach Brian Dable. Uh, ties in uh, protocol. Uh, Daniel's feeling a little bit better today. We'll just see how that goes. Do you anticipate signing a quarterback? We'll probably work out a few quarterbacks. You know, whether we sign them or not, I think that's dependent on some of these guys here. Matt LaFleur was tight-lipped yesterday, saying he didn't want to talk about the Packers' plans on how to prep the players for the flight to London. So I'd rather keep it kind of in-house, uh, just, you know, in case somebody's listening to this, so... But last May, when the NFL schedules came out, LaFleur was asked if he'd ever been on a team that played a London game. Yeah, this, this will be my third experience going over there, and I know we've had a lot of coaches that have had that experience. You kind of take it in stride in, in regards to uh, how you travel. It's a, it's a lot different. Typically, from my own experience, we've left on a Thursday evening. You fly through the night, you get there on Friday, and you, you almost go right to work and try to wake these guys up a little bit and you might go on a, a quick walk but then you, you kind of get into a Friday walkthrough type practice you try to keep the guys up at least till like seven o'clock or so on Friday evening and then then they can go to bed but uh, yeah it is uh, an adjustment for for everybody no doubt about it I think one of the things that's so important for us is just making sure that we get our plan in to those guys prior to leaving. That's Packers head coach Matt LaFleur in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Good stuff from our guy Michael. Coming up after the top of the hour, Rob Reichel is going to be here. Uh, Kevin Holt from CBS 58. And I apologize to those on the Bud Light live stream who were listening and you didn't get that last segment. I got up. And I kicked, uh, unfortunately, I was I was changing some things on a camera. I just got some new wires that were delivered to the house, and I unplugged you, and I'm sorry. So you missed it. But basically, this is what happened was last night, uh, laying in bed, got a call from a, a, a guy that, uh, you know, a, kind of a couple that my ex-wife Judy and I used to know from like 15 years ago. And I didn't answer it. I, I left it to go to voicemail. Uh, it's Mark's voice. He says, you know, that I thought. He said, hey, Mark, give me a call back. And I haven't talked to him in 15 years, so I called my ex this morning, talked to her, and she said, uh, you know, I was just thinking about them the other day. I said, okay, you know, well, I'll, I'll see, see what's up, you know, after I get off the air today. She texted me, says, you got to go look at uh, your instant messenger over on Facebook. I did. He died on July 18th of this year. So either somebody got his new number, his phone number as a new number, and they're also named Mark. 
who misdialed me. He doesn't have a son named Mark, so I can't explain it. But that was the phone call I got last night and didn't really answer it. I, sh- I guess now I should have answered it. Then again, if I'd answered it, maybe I'm dead today. Who knows? Maybe some kind of a weird omen. But I got a call from, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, really strange. Really strange. But he died in, in, in July, so usually they don't roll phone numbers over that quick. And yeah, I don't know. Just a weird, weird, weird deal. Weird deal. Rob Reichel is going to join us. We're going to talk some about Packers football. Also, also, Antonio Brown at it again. I'll tell you what's going on there as well. Got a lot more to get to. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.